Welcome to the podcast Beyond the Triangle. I'm Amy Beth Horman, and this is episode 13, entitled The Importance of Chamber Music. Today, I will be discussing the crucial role of chamber music in a young artist's training. As usual, I'm going to give you real talk from all the perspectives, student, teacher, adjudicator, and parent. As I often find this is a component that is overlooked in music education, I will be pulling from the views of leading conservatories, established working musicians, and giving my own personal accounts of how chamber music influenced my training growing up. I will also be sharing some of my hopes for Ava as she continues her pre-college training and going over tips on how to identify the right people with whom to pursue chamber music studies. So let's get started. First, let's begin with an overview on why chamber music should be an integral part of your child's training, especially at the pre-college level. I know that a lot of parents will, of course, have their child involved in chamber music if asked, or if assigned in their young musicianship program, but it remains a hot topic for some. Having had students of my own in chamber groups, I've heard many concerns from parents over the years. Sometimes they just need reassurance, and occasionally we need to reevaluate the group they're in. But I never advise to stop chamber music because its benefits always outweigh any concerns. Here are the key concerns I hear that come up from both parents and students. Sometimes parents or students don't understand the role that chamber music has in training, so they aren't sure what it is offering them outside of the chance to play some great compositions. Sometimes they aren't convinced of the chamber group they are working in, so they feel it isn't serving them enough. And others are anxious about the time commitment and it taking away from solo practice or other activities. And here's the thing. Certainly, if we are going to expect parents and students to prioritize chamber music in their schedules and in all of their efforts, we need to be clear as educators about why we think it is a crucial component in their training. I think most institutions do a great job of laying this out for the parents so that they are informed right from the start. But there will be times where we need a refresher course. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Sometimes as a private teacher, I will encounter a child who has done lots of performing in solo work, has actually done incredibly well in competitions, but has never experienced chamber music. This always baffles me initially, but I think what I'm seeing with that scenario is that the private teacher involved before me didn't prioritize this aspect of their training for fear that it might interfere with the studies for the solo literature. I think this is more common than we like to talk about. And so if your child is doing incredibly well with solo performing and also sitting well in a youth orchestra, it might be time for you to ask some questions about what chamber music might offer them in addition to what they're already receiving. So let's talk about what chamber music can do for our children. Chamber music helps you listen in different ways. First, it helps you listen to pitch differently. If you are an instrumentalist that has experienced both trying to play on pitch with a piano and also with a group of other string players, you probably already know what I'm about to talk about. 
With piano, you have a pitch which, while tempered, will not shift. But with strings, that pitch is definitely sliding around a bit. So it's a bit like being able to walk solidly on a moving floor, and every stride needs to be perfectly placed. To say it's harder is an understatement. And here's the real talk. Even though some might be wincing now, going, ooh, do we really want to make the pitch harder on our young string players? I say yes. Yes, you should, because then the other playing they are doing will feel easier. And we all want that, right? Chamber music also makes you listen to balance and tone differently. With piano, you may have one other person to balance with, But when you engage in chamber music, you might have three or more people suddenly to balance tone and sound with to present a complex work on different instruments. One of you might have a melody and the other harmony, and a third could be doing something in the background, and then you'll trade back and forth. Your instruments might be sized very differently and create more or less sound already from the start, So then your playing will have to adjust to suit those around you to project the composition correctly for the listener. Sound hard? It is. It literally puts a lens on your ear and helps it learn how to focus and shape sound. Also on the list of listening benefits, chamber music helps you listen to more intricacy in your playing. There is dovetailing and subtleties involved in chamber music that I have never found in solo works. The need to be even softer, to create incredible textures, blend, and shape sound so as to poke out gently for a note and then smoothly seep back into the background. And to achieve this, your child's technique will have to grow. If they are a string player, their right-hand technique will be required to grow to succeed in chamber music. And then, yep, you guessed it, All of these beautiful bow skills can be applied right back into your solo work. Let's talk about interpersonal skills benefits from chamber music. Chamber music definitely improves these skills, and it helps children learn how to work together toward a common goal for the sake of the music. If you give the Mendelssohn Trio to a talented violinist, cellist, and pianist, you will likely have three people who instantly love this piece, and want to see it shine through their own playing. Much of the chamber literature out there is simply glorious and absolutely appealing to talented young players. Many young artists will feel a warm sense of community in being able to rehearse and perform chamber at a high level. And yes, there will be conflicts, compromise, and some frustration while they are striving toward common goals. But this is a great thing for them, because most music is made with other people, and not done alone. So working with other people is essential to their ability to work as musicians later on. All of those coping skills with the frustrations of solo work and practice, they can really improve when you start doing chamber rehearsals. They will be witnessing their peer group going through the same emotions that they do. Keep in mind that even if they are in youth orchestra, even a chamber orchestra, this is more intimate than that, so they will have more of a voice in decisions and there will be more need for troubleshooting and compromise. Here they get to experience practice techniques with other young artists, and those hours of solitude and solo practice get a much-needed respite 
while they get to see how other young artists tackle similar issues. They will likely learn new rehearsal techniques that they can apply to their solo works as well. Another benefit of chamber music is exposure to new musical approaches and to new composers or periods of music. Often when we teach chamber music, there will be multiple instruments involved in the group that encounter a composer for the very first time. Some composers were rather prolific writers for one configuration of instruments or for specific solo instruments, but not others. It also might be that your child has not yet encountered a composer in their solo studies because those solo works they composed for your instrument are slightly beyond their skill set so far, but there might exist a chamber piece that they are very capable of playing. The best young musicians I know have performed a wide range of composers and periods, and it stretches their minds and ears to do so. It could also teach them a new style of playing along with new techniques that belong to that period. And last of all, but certainly not least, they should study chamber music because it is simply beautiful and gratifying when done well, and it leaves them inspired and wanting to play more. A child who is passionate about music will progress faster the more they explore their instrument. If by studying chamber music, you are adding more time to that exploration of their instrument, You are putting fuel in their joy tank where music is concerned. And this can only be a good thing. As most of you know, I have an eight-year-old violinist over here who, honest to goodness, would love to do some chamber music soon. It is hard to find other kids her age who are open to this, but we are looking. If you know someone, have them shoot me an email today, seriously. But in the meantime, she is enjoying Bartok duos, a little chamber orchestra, and plenty of sonata literature. I know that as she grows, she will be able to find the right players to pair with her, and that this will be an element in her training that she will deeply enjoy. And more importantly, without it, I don't think she will grow to where she is supposed to be. So for me, it is a definite must-have in her training as soon as the right people appear. So if you're a parent listening to this, you might now be asking yourself, how do I know when it's time to add chamber music? Well, let me tell you how it got started for me. Like a lot of kids in Suzuki, my first foray into chamber music was through the sonatas in the Suzuki books. I loved the Veracini and the handle in there, and I played them as well as I could, feeling very fortunate to have parents willing to play the piano parts with me. We had so much fun. It is still a very vivid memory of mine. Somehow, it seemed an arrival not too long after that to enter into concerto pieces in Suzuki. And I think sometimes kids can become very occupied with the solo literature and concerti. And I was definitely one of them. So after all of that fun work with my parents on sonata literature, I kind of headed nose deep into concerti and show pieces for a long while. I also did some unaccompanied Bach, but certainly the solo works scored with orchestra were getting more priority. Certainly, this wasn't a bad thing since it was building my technique and solidifying my foundation. But then there came a point when I was auditioning for a music festival, and one of the wonderful teachers there just looked at me and said, you know what? If you study with me, I would have you do all sonatas 
all summer. And I thought, what? Why? Do you not like my playing? Am I being punished? I know that that sounds awful, but please forgive me. I think I was 13 or 14 at the time. Anyhow, my teacher at home seemed thrilled with this prospect. He didn't see it as a downgrade at all. He saw it as a teacher that he didn't know, giving me a huge thumbs up. You see, there wasn't enough subtlety in my playing, and I wasn't showing enough dynamic range, but they thought I could. I had a strong technical foundation at this point and was working really hard, practicing hours a day. But even though I felt I was getting my musical point across, sometimes it was falling short. So with my teacher and my parents' blessing, off I went to camp, where I did Beethoven, Mozart, and even one Brahms sonata all summer. I loved it. They paired me with an amazing pianist, and he was at every lesson with me. It was so exhilarating to feel connected to another person in this way. I was hooked. When I got back, my parents found a pianist for me to work with at my teacher's recommendation twice a week. It changed me as a player forever, because with that pianist, we performed so frequently for fun that I was paired up with other musicians from the same music school, even though they were in graduate school, I rehearsed with them on piano trios and performed in master classes and recitals for them. It was during this time that I won my first concerto competitions and also debuted with orchestra. Coincidence? Nope. All of that chamber opened up technique in my right hand I never knew I had. I was able to pull more color, find softer hues and textures, and truly get across my feelings all because of chamber music. Now think back. What if when that teacher from the music festival heard me and made that proposal to teach me and only do sonatas, if I had said, no way, I'm a soloist and that will take away from my concerto practice? How would my path have been altered? I was so lucky that my parents understood their reasoning and the reasoning of my teacher while he put in his full approval for that plan for my summer. The following summer, I returned to the same music festival as the first violinist in one of their student quartets in residence. I loved it for all of the same reasons. I had been playing in trio all year and had learned a small stack of sonatas to boot, so I was ready to tackle quartet, and the improvement in my pitch from that one summer was astonishing. So that's my story. And maybe you won't still know if it's time. But you will know if you get comments on all your score sheets or from juries about lack of dynamic range and pitch, won't you? This is an incredible way to tackle those skill sets. And it also enriches your child's training in all of the other ways I listed earlier. It is an absolute win-win. Okay, so hopefully by now I have you a little bit interested in chamber music and you're ready to sign up. How do you do that if you've never done it before? Or what if you have a chamber group, but you're looking to add to it? If you are enrolled in a music program, approach your teacher and let them know you are interested in this. Frequently, teachers will know other teachers with similar philosophies who they can team up with to, to coach chamber. I love coaching chamber music and had many groups over the years in and out of my studio. 
If you are enrolled in a young artist or pre-college program, chances are they have a program there or a course you need to sign up for. All of the major conservatories I researched have a very, very extensive chamber music program because they know all of the things I listed earlier. You can also approach players on your own and form groups at will. Keep in mind that some compositions have vastly different leveled parts. So the piano part might be almost a concerto in difficulty for the pianist, but the cello part might be mainly a bass line with a few short solos. If you are looking on your own, I advise parents to do the following. Attend concerts at your music school and take note of the players who impress you in and around your child's level. Also take note of the players that your child seems really drawn to. I did this as a teacher to contact them later to search for my own students. Or as you are attending winner's recitals from competitions your child has been involved in, take notes there as well in the same way. It is always a good idea to stay informed of other young players who are working around your child. There might be an opportunity for them to work together on a project or even learn something during a school break. It will also help keep you informed if you're approached by another student or teacher. If you're in a youth orchestra, it might be simple to see who is not just sitting in a higher seat and capable of a difficult chamber work, but also Who is willing to put in extra time and commitment? Sometimes I think the commitment and willingness to schedule rehearsals and carve out individual practice is a bigger issue than finding the right talent to form the group initially. Okay, let's say you have branched out and begun your journey in chamber music training. Hopefully you have great members signed up to rehearse and learn their parts and a wonderful coach who is willing to train them on a regular basis. What are some good goals to set as you first venture out to ensure things won't stall? Here are my suggestions. Make sure you have a location to rehearse that can be used regularly. If you have a pianist in your group, you need to accommodate that person first. You need an excellent piano, especially because most piano parts in chamber are seriously fierce. Don't hobble your pianist. Instead, buy them chocolate. That's a pro tip. Once you have decided on what you're going to play in your repertoire, make sure that you buy scores. Buy scores with the addition that your teachers recommend. You need all of the additions to match. This will greatly influence the bowings, articulations, and dynamics that you see in the score. Some additions are really just other people stepping in and deciding things for the composer, And other additions, which are more like original scores, will tell you what the composer actually intended. So keep this in mind. While IMSLP is wonderful to have, it may not be offering you the addition which really gets you the closest to what the composer actually wanted to hear you play. Do not set up rehearsals for chamber music training until everyone has had an ample amount of time to learn their solo parts. For some, this will require more time than others, so it's a good idea to keep this in mind. Like I said earlier, the piano parts sometimes read like concertos, so you may need to give the pianist a month or so longer to get their fingers around all of these notes, but perhaps the violinist and the cellist could learn it in half that amount of time. The last thing you need is one person struggling in the first rehearsal. 
allow everyone to arrive confidently with their ideas already present. This will allow things to get started on the right foot. Make sure that when you do rehearse that you warm up wisely and spend adequate time tuning. Even choosing the order you play your pieces can help. Don't blow everyone's ears out right away. Ease in if there's a piece on your list that can accomplish this, or start with scales together. You need to be able to find center on pitch and sound, and then begin work. For parents, I think it's useful to have someone take the lead with scheduling and admin duties. You can rotate this role if it is too much for one person, but in my experience, one person can do the job very well, while all of the parents chiming in can create confusion and actually drive the car off the road, so to speak. This might include things like application deadlines, fees to coaches, arranging recordings. If you have one parent doing all of this well, you might exempt them from app fees or pitch in their share for one coaching one day as a gesture. This work adds up and it does take time. But like all things administrative, some people are better suited for it than others. No sense in having someone on the quote-unquote team struggling with it if there is another that can do it with their eyes closed and is happy to do it. Be proactive and assign these roles as soon as it seems the group is working out well. Keep in mind that scheduling in chamber groups can be very frustrating. All of our kids have lots of things already on the docket to do with their music training. And so sometimes this is the biggest juggling act, getting all of them in a room for rehearsal. But it must be done. So as you're choosing people in your chamber group, and certainly while you're talking about setting up rehearsals, it needs to be understood that this is a new priority, but it's still a priority. Otherwise, you're going to find that rehearsals will dwindle very quickly. One thing that I tell young artists that are embarking on chamber music is that you need to set goals and keep them. Set a goal to learn, rehearse, coach, and perform a piece. Ask your instructor to suggest a timeline in keeping with your piece's difficulty. They will know how to guesstimate this way better than you. Too often, kids go far too long on a piece in rehearsal, and really, they just need to be motivated to nail down those solo parts. If there is a goal in mind and you know you are going to perform it in three months, it can help set the tone for productive, thoughtful work from the start. And if there is a competition or a chamber festival you want to try, Put that on the kids' calendars, along with the application deadline and video submission requirements. Help them by laying a timeline out, mini deadlines too, to aid them in keeping on track. Sure, there might be detours or changes in direction every once in a while, but with multiple kids at play who also have other very time-consuming aspects of their playing and practice to attend to, having a plan is key. And sometimes having that visual can really help a kid understand what they need to do to get there. I know it helped the parents too. In my studio when I was teaching chamber music, setting all of our dates on the calendars for rehearsals was the most challenging part. But it was really necessary to meet our goals. Make sure that you have taken the time to make all of the teachers aware of any chamber projects that are happening. This can be useful, especially if you are venturing outside of a program and doing chamber on your own. Teachers can help with edits and fingerings, and many times they've performed these pieces themselves, 
so they can be of massive assistance. Make sure you take your parts to them before the first rehearsal so that you can attain edits for later. If you are seeing a separate chamber coach than them, don't be afraid to ask them to coach on occasion too, especially if it is a piece they love and have stage experience with. Lastly, to keep the inspiration in your chamber music up and going, go to chamber music concerts. I say this a lot, but attending live concerts is a surefire way to motivate young musicians. They get to hear art happening right in front of them and actually see chamber musicians communicating and being virtual mind readers with one another on stage. It is mesmerizing to watch world-renowned chamber groups They have a connection which you rarely see in any other circumstance, and it can really add some inspiration to your child's work in chamber music. Also, many professional musicians who are not in a set chamber music, per se, will perform chamber as a passion because they love it so much. They are truly excellent at it as well, but just didn't pursue it as a career. They might be principal players in a major symphony or soloists in their own right or sitting on the faculty in your music school. Go to these concerts too because you're witnessing them do something for the love of it most times and the joy will be palpable. When I perform chamber music, it is with wonderful colleagues whom I respect very much and it is never coming from a gig type mentality for lack of a better way of saying it. It is coming from a spirit and soul category. I love playing music at the highest level I can with other people. It makes me feel part of something greater than all of us. I hope this episode gave you a lot to think about regarding chamber music and your young artist's training. I know that by opening up my experiences as a teacher, a mom, and a player, I'm helping to start dialogues that can promote a better path to success for young musicians. I firmly believe that if you understand how valuable chamber music is in a child's training, you will never pass it up. It won't be the thing that you cancel on a busy week. It'll be the thing that you prioritize. I urge you all to look around you this week at who you consider to be the top players in your young child's life in their conservatory or music school and ask yourself whether they are also engaging in chamber music. I bet nine times out of 10, they already are, and not just a little bit, but at a very high level. This is not a coincidence, and even though I'm adding another thing to your very busy calendars, I hope that you will take everything that I've said to heart, because without chamber music, I know that I would not be the musician that I am today. Stay tuned for our next episode entitled The Importance of Youth Orchestra. I am busy at work collecting information about how to talk to everyone about the importance of youth orchestra in a young artist's development. Just like chamber music, I fear that some people are undervaluing the role of youth orchestra in a young artist's development. And while it might remain on your calendar, I want to try and shift your focus to really getting the most out of every rehearsal. My goal is to try and help parents understand how valuable every musical experience can be. 
I know that if I infuse some new information and energy into how you participate in all of your musical activities, that we will really be helping the next generation of young musicians. So if youth orchestra has fallen a little bit off of your priority radar, this next episode will definitely be for you. Don't miss a beat. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Podbean. If you have a question or a topic you would like to discuss on Beyond the Triangle, my ears are wide open. Write me at beyondthetrianglepodcast at gmail.com and let's connect. Let's connect.